Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. It's a it's a quantity over quality kind of thing. Like yeah, like even if you're getting really good stuff, just the amount of negative and and, and uh, opposed messaging that we get is just it just it's sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? You just yeah, it's too much. It can overwhelm and certainly can affect our attitude. I would tell people get rid of social media, and I'm <laughs> I'm not joking when I say that. It's just like I feel like social media is it, like you you actually hit right on it, like your brain changes. Yeah. You, you, the, the physical mm-hmm. structures and the chemical makeup of your brain changes when you're used to, and, and you get accustomed to that sort of that dopamine hit, right. Of, of seeing something novel and new at uh, on demand. And I don't know that the human brain was ever intended to be exposed to things like that, but right. It's how we get our news and it's how we sort of stay connected to what's going on in the world around us. So this is a weird maybe uh, question, but in light of the the world in which we find ourselves and just given the way that it is, even though it's not the way it should be, where does the the in but not of sort of fit into this in your mind? Because on the one hand, I can see making an argument that, well, I have to stay connected to things at least at a certain level so that I'm relevant so that I know what's going on in the world so that I can interact with people about it. Otherwise I have nothing in common and almost making a a case that from a, uh, an evangelistic opportunity perspective that, uh, you know, it's good to have common ground. I need to sort of stay connected at least a little bit, but on the other hand, you know, that, that, that might just be more trouble than it's worth. But then if you, if you completely isolate, then you even do you even have a clue what's going on right sure. and and sort of then what does that do to your witness and your testimony and all these other things so do you feel like there's maybe that there there's maybe a little bit of individual gauging that needs to happen there like oh yeah to where like you, you need to i feel like i'd almost say to people like you you definitely need to be checking your own heart to to sort of constantly being reassessing like is this affecting me? Do I see it right. affecting me in any way? And, and and that's probably going to be different for, for everyone on an individual level, I would assume. Right. Yeah, it, it does. And I'll just use myself the, as an example. I mean, again, like you said, it's important that we at least know what's going on in the world um, and speak intelligently about it uh, to a degree. But I, I can do that. I mean, at least I feel I can do that by just giving world news and national news 15 to 20 minutes of my time in the morning before I get started. I just go to, you know, the, the news outlet and just see, okay, what are the headlines today? What, mm-hmm. What's happening? You know, whether it's a natural disaster that's happened, whether it's something political in our country or whatever, what's going on, you know, like right now, the president Biden's nominees for all these cabinet posts mm-hmm. are up. So, yeah, you know, I'm aware of that kind of stuff, but after I am done absorbing what are the headlines nationally and, and internationally as far as, you know, that kind of stuff, then I'm done for the day and I, I move on and I, I don't sit there and continue to 
and and so every day I, I make myself aware so that like there, if somebody asks me a question or something like that or has a concern or even like there, we should be praying for so-and-so because like last week that the terrible uh, stuff that happened in Texas and yeah, people the dying storm. and stuff. Yeah. I want to be aware of that because first of all, I want to be praying for those those people and right. stuff. But once I've been made aware of that stuff, I move on and I don't I don't sit there all day and and just continue to absorb it. So I think just if you want to take a few minutes every day and just like there hit the headlines, but then move on with your life. Bigger bigger fish to fry than than drilling down all that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, and and you and uh, you and Nicole, our worship leader, both have. I'm kind of circling back to the evangelism thing because I, I I understand that that's an avenue. Relational evangelism is something we've talked about on podcasts before of like finding ways to build connections and find common ground with people. And that's certainly one way to do it. But just sort of to maybe uh, look at the the opposite side of that, I, I want to acknowledge because you and Nicole both have had many, many experiences where, you know, it, and this is probably more pre-COVID, but like you're, you're in one of our local coffee shops and you just feel led to, to go and engage with someone and right. you don't have anything in common with them. Right. You don't even know right. their name. And yet that's a divine appointment. And so while, yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely a case to be made on the one hand of like, well, God could use that. He certainly doesn't need to. No. And you, I mean, you have lots of personal examples of you know, to that effect where right. that's not necessary either. So if you're, if you're on Facebook nine hours a day, oh, yeah. because you know, you want God to be able to use you, God yeah, doesn't need doesn't, to do that. You've, yeah. you've lived, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. As far as where the, I think the church needs to go and, and where we need to get better. And even as Christians, I, I think the shotgun approach, not just to evangelism, but just to ministry in general has failed. And, and I think we've got to get away from that. I think if we're going to be effective in the days in which we live, especially in these ever-changing times that we're living in, the church and Christians need to have a more what I call surgical, laser-like approach to, to ministry. Uh, and I guess what I mean by that is I think that comes back to, I think, the days of these big, large gatherings and all of that, not, I'm not saying that that might not ever happen again or ever, you know, be a part of the Christian church. But I think people are looking for more smaller connections and small groups and, and even just one on ones. And, you know, I think of even the example in the Bible of Apollos who needed a little bit more discipling and, you know, was was brought under the the, the wing of, of the couple there in, in Acts. And I think approaching it from that perspective, Aquila and Priscilla, I couldn't think of their names off mm -hmm. the top of my head. I think that's, that's that like looking for that, that person that God wants to lead you to and, or that other couple and whatever. And, and I think that's just so much more effective than just, we're just going to shoot a bunch of stuff out there and hope that something sticks. Um, I'm not saying God could never use that or that approach is totally bogus, sure. but I just think that I see a way more uh, effect, even in my own life in ministry, whenever I go one-on-one -on -one with somebody or one-on-two with a, a couple or something like that. And I think that we as a church need to, in a sense, that that works in, in even to this day and age because, you know, it's, it's all a 
about trying to discourage people from the large gatherings. Um, not that I'll ever do that church wise, but I think once we get out from the Sunday, Wednesday, bigger group, I think the way to go is, is that more surgical laser like approach to, to in investing and impacting other people. So yeah, being willing to invite people to your home and get together and, and just, you know, find one or two or three other people, small groups. I mean, this yes. could be another, another way that you do that, but yeah, I mean, making time to have that fellowship appointment outside of just, yeah, the main, right. the main, uh, times where we would all normally yeah. get together. Pe- people are just so starving for connection. And I think the pandemic again, and all that isolation and distancing really heightened that inside of them. And like we were talking about after the eight weeks and our people and the way they reacted coming back to the Oasis. I, I mean, I meet people all the time, even outside the church, Christians, non-Christians, it just, they're still, they're starving for, for connection. They're starving to get together with people. They miss people. And Mm -hmm. it's just sad to see. It's like, to me, it, it, it's needless. And we, as the church, we need to, we could, we could set the, be the lead in that and saying, no, we need each other and we need to get together with each other. And yeah, there's a time to maybe distance, but there's also a time to come together. And I feel like that might be even part of why all the political involvement and things like that have sort of skyrocketed is that people have found that connection yeah. in other ways and in other right. means. The The problem is just that they happen to be very worldly. Right. And right. <laughs> so Christians out of a very you know good and noble and and just healthy need for connection have uh, found those connections unfortunately outside of of the church and you know part of, I, I don't you know that the who bears the responsibility for that it's probably there's probably a lot of it to, to go around it's probably partly right. the churches and it's probably partly the individuals who i mean I, I think everyone has some sort of role to play in that but i think just sort of you know, doing a postmortem on it, you know, in hindsight, I, I think there's it's probably a really good reason for, you know, why we've seen the popularity of all this, you know, the tribalism and stuff like that, that we've seen and, and Christians have gotten right into it. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the churches have, they've just, we've not been there. And, right. you know, like we've talked about before, we have, we have a job to do. Uh, we believe that that job has to be done at least in part up close and personal uh, with each other physically and in order to really be doing uh, being the church the way right. that, the, that God intended for the church to be. And so it's where we are. But, yeah. uh, well, you and I can talk for hours and hours because we have <laughs> before, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, you and I will have more to talk about down the line if the uh, opportunity presents itself. But I just want to say officially thank you for taking the time to do this after oh. a Wednesday night service when you've already preached and been up for a long day. So uh, it's all good. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And, uh, appreciate appreciate being on. 